So welcome everyone again to episode three, the last episode of Swamp Archaeologies, which is this year's um, Untitled Art Fair podcast collaboration with Name Publications. I'm Natalia Zuluaga. I'm the co-director of Name Publications. Um, I want to thank Untitled for inviting us to do this program and also for inviting us to have a booth here this year. It's our first year presenting in the Nest um, section of the fair. Um, Swamp Archaeology is really an effort to kind of unearth untold dimensions or maybe sometimes forgotten histories of Miami's art history and its protagonists. And so I am joined here in my last episode with Brooke Dorsch, the founder of Emerson Dorsch Gallery, which is a gallery who's also presenting here at the fair this year, um, which was founded in 1991 and over the course of its 30 plus year history has exhibited local and international artists alike at all stages of their career, really supporting our arts ecology here in many different ways. Um, Brooke, as I told you earlier, I'm not going to read your bio because if I did, I would do a huge spoiler of what we're here to talk about today, which is really a little bit about Miami's gallery, sort of history of gallery arts scene. Um, and I thought you were the perfect person to kind of join us in this, given your own sort of history in this, but also your knowledge of this community, both in terms of the gallery, the artists, the sound communities, the experiments that all happened around it. So thank you for joining me on this today. And, and thank you for having me. Hopefully that's not too loud. Okay, good. We're good. Yeah. Uh, yes, thank you for having me. I, I think I'll be able to give some of the perspective of the Miami um, gallery scene from, from my point of view, which would be from the late 80s, early 90s to present day. So uh, from what I, as I started to um, get into the, the art world, uh, was right around that time. So uh, I started my gallery, as, as you said, in 1991, out of what I felt was a need uh, from what I was seeing. Uh, at that time, uh, about late 80s, early 90s, um, there had been a scene in Bal Harbor around Cane uh, Concourse in that scene, but that had sort of been dying out or became more blue chip, Dorothy Blau gallery and, and things like that, that I would go to see. Um, but what the, got me interested was these, uh, the, there, there was a start of a art walk in Coral Gables. The Coral Gables first Friday of the month art walk, I think was started around 1990. And I was in, I lived very nearby uh, and I would go to that pretty religiously every month. And uh, what you, I found after a number of years of go, a uh, number of months of going there, that with the exception of one or two galleries, the 20 or so galleries in Coral Gables were pretty much showing all the same style of work month after month after month, with the exception of Fred Snitzer, Gennaro Ambrosino, um, and, uh, you know, maybe one or two others uh, that, that, that were there because it really wasn't, uh, it didn't feel like it was very uh, experimental. It was very, very safe, very much fit with the, uh, you know, what was, was selling at that time. It was very Latin American based, which was great at that time as well, but it was, it was the same thing every, every month. And at that time, I started to meet a number of young artists going on these walks from 
that were attending school at the University of Miami. And they actually invited me to go to some of their, um, they used to have a, every Friday afternoon, they would have a, a critique at the University of Miami. And I would go through the MFA program. And that's where I met Darby Bannard and uh, uh, a number of people there that would just, were brutal <laughs> at the time. It was really, really brutal. They, they, um, they would really just like, you know, really put the students through their paces. You know, why are you doing this? Why is this mark here? Is that, does that need to be there? It was that kind of uh, experience. And I saw a lot of energy in the experimentation of what they were doing that I thought should have been, should be shown. And uh, that's something that made me say, you know, wow, that's interesting. This is much more interesting to me than what I was seeing in the monthly art walks. So at this, around the exact same time I had, um, I was working in Coral Gables and I drove past this apartment that, that was for, is for sale sign like for about three or four weeks when I finally decided to go up there and it was this upstairs loft above a drugstore, Parkway Drugs, on the corner of Coral Way and Southwest 13th Avenue, which is Cuban Memorial Boulevard. Um, I'm American with a German background, so I, I always said later when I had the gallery, I was the, 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 the whitest gringo on Cuban Memorial Boulevard, where I opened my gallery, which is down the street from the Anna Mangetta tree there. Um, I, I was on the opposite end of Coral Way. And, uh, but I found this, this apartment. I walked up the stairs and it reminded me instantly of the galleries that I remember visiting uh, a number of years earlier when I lived in New York in Soho, in, in, in the village. You know, these sort of like upstairs spaces, uh, oak wood floors and, uh, and just you know, deep colored floors, just old architecture. And it was a two bedroom apartment and I said, this is great. And I moved into the apartment. And then shortly thereafter, I started having shows in the apartment. Um, I had a, a main living room. The very first show, I think I had my couch in there. But then after that, I took it out. <laughs> I took the couch and moved it to the back bedroom. And I just had no furniture in the, the room. And, uh, and, and I invited some of these young artists to come up the, uh, there and, and do shows. And that's how, that's how I started. In, the, in that way. So the, uh, I know we're on a podcast, but we do have a few images, but the images I have here is from, I don't even know which opening where, where there was, but it was a, a small 900 square foot apartment with um, uh, one main living room, a small kitchen, two small bedrooms, and a long hallway. So I used the uh, main living room and the long hallway as exhibition space. And what you see there is an archway going into the dining room. And um, that's, that's where I started. And uh, it was very organic at the beginning. Um, but because of that, I started to be even more and more interested of what I was seeing around the Miami landscape. Because uh, my first impression was, as I said, from the Coral Gables Art Walk. But then I started to reach out and try to find um, more experiences. And um, one of those, you know, at the same time, the other big thing was the Coconut Grove Art Fair that was nearby. Um, but that wasn't, I was never interested in that. It felt too crafty for me. Um, but uh, then I met um, 
uh, Ohenya Vargas. And she used to do these things called the Home Show. And, uh, and those were really wonderful, bringing a number of artists together, young artists that would actually do it in their homes. And, that, uh, and she did it in her home for, I think she did about four or five iterations of it over the years. But those were really some great show. And through that, I met more and more artists. And they turned into shows that I would wind up having at the gallery. So... How did you, how did the general sort of our community start responding to this space? I mean, what was starting to happen also around you at this time? I, you know, the first couple of years, it was mainly just my friends. It really wasn't uh, too many, uh, but it kept going uh, over and over again. And it was, for me, it was much more of a, just like, I'm going to do this. I had the energy to do this show. I didn't know whether or not I was going to make it a, a business or a traditional gallery. I think I called it a studio gallery or whatever for a, for a long time. And, uh, but because of my name, you know, people started calling it Dorsch Gallery, and that's what I eventually changed it to. But um, I remember, so just a quick tie-in to the Coconut Grove Art Festival is I remember trying to see if I could attract more people to come to the shows so I remember at the time I Xeroxed a huge stack of flyers for my upcoming show the week end after the Coconut Grove Art Festival and I walked around there and I handed tons of those out all over I left them stacks everywhere and I found out that that was the worst thing I could have done because Monday morning an inspector came and says you're running a business without a license (laughs) so welcome to the city of Miami so I actually was pretty discouraged. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I, was go- I, went, I said, okay, let me try to go to the city and actually get a CU. They told me it's not going to happen. You can't do this. You can't do this. And there was this one um, sort of person that she sort of felt sorry for me, I think. And she, she came to me one day. I, I happened to be there. And I was, remember, I was also working a full-time job at the time. I was so. going to ask you, because this was not what you were doing full-time. No, 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 no. I was working a full-time job, but I worked down the street, and, and I would only be open Saturdays. And, um, and then uh, this one, sa- one Friday, I happened to be there, and I got a knock on the door, and it was this one person who worked at the city, and she says, I found a loophole. She said, we're going to call it an art gallery because you can't live in it because it's a commercial space. But she gave me a certificate of use to say art gallery with incidental caretakers quarters. So I was the incidental caretaker. So, so that, that got me to keep going for a little while. And I started having a lot of fun. And I remember one show uh, I put up that was with um, two young artists. But it was uh, Jordan Massengale, who was a phenomenal painter, and Ramon fernandez Bofil, who is uh, also a great painter. Completely different, though. Jordan was making these abstract sort of um, uh, paintings that were uh, just very ethereal type of, almost like Sean Scully, abstract, geometric and uh, Ramon were doing these very Cuban figurative, he's a Cuban art, young Cuban artist, but for some reason there was some affinity that I put the show together. And I was almost ready to, to stop. Um, and the one Saturday, I, I, you know, I had my door, I would keep my door open and somebody came up the stairs and this was, woman came up the stairs, she looked around she looked for, really intently for quite a while. I had no idea who she was. 
And um, she, she came up to me and this is a really nice show. Did you put it together? And I said, yeah, I, I, I like the way these two. And I told her a few things about the, what relationship. And I found out afterward it was Helen Cohen, who was one of the, I mean, she was uh, known. And we have Bob in the audience and, and Barbara Young, who knew her very well. Uh, she was really an amazing art critic here in Miami. And for her to tell me that, which I found out later, for her to tell me that, I, I felt, okay, I guess I should keep going. So I kept going. So um, the only thing I'll say then is that that's where I really started to explore. And there was a lot of energy back then. This is mid-90s. Um, or, or Henya was doing the, the, um, uh, the home shows. Uh, then there, by Bird Road, there was the Bird Road area galleries which is where we are now that's right trying that's to right. <laughs> yeah so i'm bringing it back there so there's the warehouses on and bird road uh in the back there uh these are and there were a lot of young kids there that's where the box started space cadet records and some of the artists that i met at the university of miami that was at the time there was not really an, an art program at fiu there was a very small art program at fiu but University of Miami was where, you know, that's where I, I felt like I needed to be. And eventually I wound up showing Darby also in my gallery, in my gallery back then. Um, but but the, the box had a great energy. They started a small thing with some other collectors that were actually opening up their collection and opening up alternative spaces. And uh, that's where I saw it was really starting to grow. Um, and this was all through... The, the mid to late 90s yeah so so then you can go to the next slide in 1999 uh my at the january 1999 my landlord decided to raise the rent on me from i think like from 700 dollars to 900 dollars, and it was too much for me <laughs> it, it wasn't that much i could afford it at the time but i I, uh, and I had started to really have a following there. Marty Margulies were coming to the gallery, and this is on Coral Way. But I started to look around, and the only place I could afford was Wynwood. So in, I, I remember in October of 1999, I put an offer in on this building here in Wynwood, the image that's up right now, that when the realtor came to show it to me, he opened the door, and you took one foot in, and that's as far as you could get. Because the entire, the, the, the person who owned it, he had a lamp factory, and he just used it for storage. But the roof was leaking, and all the storage was destroyed, and there was like just moldy boxes everywhere, machinery, and you couldn't even get into it. But I walked in, I took one step in, and I was climbing over boxes, looking with a flashlight at back, and... I, I turned around to the realtor and I said, I'll take it. And it, can't, it was a 7,000 square foot building with no, barely no roof at all, uh, completely full of garbage, no electrical, no... Pl and it, the, the funny thing about it was it was a lamp factory and there wasn't a single light that worked in the entire <laughs> place. I, I, and no air conditioning, that's it. And then it came... Next door to it, it came with a crack house. Well, it came with a house that we nicknamed the crack house, and that's the pink house right there. 
And uh, if you go, this is the interior of the gal gallery. So I bought the building in January of uh, 2000. And me being the masochist that I am, I scheduled my first show for March 3rd. We had to put up walls. We had to clear out the space. We had to put get some lights. It was only fluorescent tubes. Uh, but this is an image from the very first show. There wasn't even, the side gallery wasn't even closed in. I later closed in those walls. Um, and uh, we had a huge show there. We had, uh, I had never had any, that many people at an opening before. <laughs> so By this was, point, you're about 10 years into it. So I'm nine, nine years yeah, in. Yeah. So you're like, you're already kind of self-convinced that this is something you want to commit to. And this is a community correct, you sort correct. of want to grow. Right. Yeah. And when and then, you know, when I found the building, my mom actually found it in the, uh, a listing in the Herald. And I had just been in that neighborhood. I'd been looking in the neighborhood for about six months. And that's right. Six months earlier is where locust project started one block away from me. So, uh, I, you know, I, but I walked into the space, not even being able to see the ceiling or, or anything. I just said, I, 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 I want to do it. So at, in the back of it, I wound up later, six months later, building an apartment, which is where I lived for about, uh, eight years in, in the back of it. And then the next picture is a picture of when we finally were able to get into the crack house. Those are my two dogs. Uh, and that's what they had left behind. And uh, there's a photograph there next to the skull and crossbones. And, and that's by Julie Kahn, because the first thing we did is we had an exhibition of these black and white photographs along the graffiti of the crackhead graffiti and the gang graffiti that we found in the, in the space. <laughs> so... So that and then around this time is when Winwood really started to to blossom. Uh, I moved in there. Bernice Steinbaum brought the New York scene to 36th Street and Miami Avenue. I was on 24th Street. Uh, Locust was on um, 23rd Street. And then about six months later, Rocket Projects opened up. Remember Rocket Projects? Nina Arias and Nick Sindrick, um, they opened that space. Uh, then um, a few months later, Dot 51 opened up. Uh, so they were on 36th Street. And that, and the Rubel family, of course, was there. And uh, the Rubel was there. Oh, I want to go back to the Coral Way really quick. One other story. In October, when I placed the offer on the building, uh, I had an opening. It was one of the, the last few openings that I had at the gallery. And Marty Margulies came to that show. So I had been like sort of been doing well. And he was coming through a connection. He was coming and buying work. And he came up to the show. And he, and he came up to me and he said, hey, how you doing, Brooke? And I said, hey, I'm great. He goes, I just bought a building in Wynwood. And I said, really? I just bought a building in Wynwood. We actually literally the same week had bought our warehouses. Uh, I actually opened up sooner than him because I was pretty, you know, it took him a little while to build it out, of course, but he did, a, he, his was a lot bigger than mine. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I remember him coming to that crack house show. He goes, so this is a crack house. And, uh, you know, here's the biggest collectors, you know, looking at crack houses. Um, and uh, the next... I, I used to host a lot of music events. That's Rhett Bastard, who's a local musician. 
and Mindy Herzog blowing bubbles at Rat's show of blind paintings. He paint, paintings for the blind. They were wearing like sleep masks and they had these textured paintings that were in a completely dark room that you had to feel to select. You had to buy by feel. You couldn't see them. He wouldn't let anybody see what they looked like until you bought them. <laughs> so, so, but we had a lot of fun back there, and we 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 had a lot of uh, a lot of artists helped me build the space back then. Robin Griffiths did the electrical work. He was a, and that's through Robin. I had met Bob. Uh, I had done a show with Robin and Robert Chambers uh, in my old space. And that's when I met Robin and, uh, you know, he did a show there called Ball and Chain of all of Robin. They, he moved his house and his studio into my 900 square foot space. So, but getting back to, um, I guess, I don't know what, if you have more questions, but, but uh, what, was, uh, what was happening now, but Wynwood was really where it, it really kicked off things. There's another thing is as I was looking for spaces to, to buy, I originally also looked on Miami Beach. I looked on Lincoln Road. There were a couple of galleries on Lincoln Road back then. Um, this was before the resurgence. It was in a recession, and there were, you could still get buildings. Um, Art Center South Florida was there. Um, there was a couple of other galleries um, there on Lincoln Road, but the rents were, they were still asking, the rents were too high, and I didn't want to rent something. I had to buy something. I felt like I had to like have ownership in it because it felt like I would just be giving money to somebody. So that's one of the reasons that I, I bought in Wynwood. And everybody told me I was crazy because it was pretty dangerous at the time. <laughs> I was actually going to ask about this sort of easterly drive from like the Coral Way area. I mean, the sort of the, the congregation of all of the galleries and museums on the Eastern Corridor was uh -huh. no coincidence, right? I mean, it had well, to do... And, and it had to do with the the um, the, the growth of Wynwood was mainly what went, one of the reasons that I looked at Wynwood is I wanted to be uh, the beach was becoming a, started to become at that time in the mid '90s was really starting to come back up and come back alive. So the the rents and everything were, were getting too much for me to afford. So I started looking at that and I looked at a map of downtown and my initial view was to try to look near the South Miami, south of the Miami River, closer to where I was on Coral Way. Um, and because there was, you know, trying to bring people from Coral Gables, which is where we thought the money was, um, to, to that area. But that was already being speculated out. So then you just look, I looked at the map of downtown. I looked at places like the building that is now currently Club Space was one of the buildings I looked at. The, the building that is Beaker and Gray is one of the buildings I looked at. But then I found the place on 24th Street and Locust was real nearby. Uh, and then uh, when the announcement of the first Art Basel came, um, which was prior to 9-11, uh, that was, um, you know, we, we had gotten together to try to, to get some sort of organization together. And Marty came. Bernice, myself, Nina, and um, uh, Marina Kessler, and a couple of other small galleries, and, and myself came together, Locust, and we got together in a, in a meeting, and we said, well, we're, we've already got a little bit of a critical mass here with the collections, and, and you have to remember, at that time, the Rebel was not open to the public. It was only, they would only show it to people that they knew and have private events there. Um, 
And so we decided that, and I was pretty adamant about calling it Winwood. There were some other suggestions thrown around. But like? Galleries around the design district, trying to make, make a play with the design district. That, that was actually, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so, and uh, they were trying to get some other gallery district names. So at that point, I said, no, Winwood. Winwood uh, is the name of the city. We need to call it Winwood Art District. And they go, WAD? And I go, yeah, WAD. So uh, that's what we did. We formed that. And the only thing that we did is we put a map out. That was the first thing we did is just put a map out that says, here's how you get from one to the other. And the first year, I think there were only about seven or eight spaces and some other businesses there. The following year was 12 to 15. Then it went to 25 to 30. Then at one point, it was over 70 spaces. So I, I remember because Fred was in Coral Gables for quite a number of years, and then he moved to a large warehouse space um, it down where he was uh, in the south of Coral Gables. Um, there where the Tesla dealership is now. He was in that area for a while. And he, he said, I don't know if I want to go to Winwood. It looks too dangerous, too dangerous. And, but eventually he came up. Diana Lowenstein came up. Um, a, a number of people came up, uh, up uh, to that area. This, but the, it wasn't really a set thing for Winwood to really blow up that way. There was also people going up to North Miami. Gennaro went to North Miami. Uh, we have now Rich Bridge Red being up there. And, and Bob's studio is here. Um, so it's been a, you know, uh, it was, it was always a little, but, but Wynwood became critical mass because the real estate was cheap, the spaces were large and you could do almost anything. The city was pretty, <laughs> pretty not interested in doing very much to you there. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we open it up to questions out there, I guess one of the last questions I wanted to ask was a future looking one. I mean, given that. Earlier, we talked with Kevin Arrow about the sort of 90s scene in Miami, Miami Beach, and we talked a lot about how things were possible because they were affordable, which is something that you're sort of talking about now. Like, how do you, if you could speculate, like, what's a takeaway about this moment in time and, you know, a horizon of possibility for young galleries or artists in this environment? I, I have, this is, is tough because yeah. uh, I, I, I just was fortunate enough to make the right decision back in 1999 to buy something that has allowed me to move forward and, and do that. But I, it, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing. And uh, the people that know me that I, you know, and I didn't even mention things like the house and, and uh, what was um, Jose Diaz's project. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Uh, I'm thinking of the other sort of more organic things that were happening in the area around Wynwood at the same time. Um, oh my God, Jose is going to kill me. Why? Yeah. I can't remember his project's name. Space? Uh, no. Um, anyway. Huh? No. No, I looked at Barbara. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, and then of course, yeah, uh, yeah. He he was doing shows in his apartment at that time as well, but. Uh, and that's how you, the artists, I think that's the thing about community. I think this is also with the music community, with the artist community. There's always going to be artists that are going to make something and they're going to find a way to do it. And they're going to find, you find a way to, to do it either at a small scale at first and, and you try to continue. And that, that, that's, that's it. Um, 
Yeah, in 2015. Uh, go back to the the next picture. I, I didn't even we stopped the picture. Oh yeah. This was a this was a part this was a party back in 2001 at New Year's Eve. I'm in the white hat in the center of the picture, and, you, and we had 400 people for New Year's Eve one year. It was pretty crazy, but the, it, it was a lot of local artists, and it became a place to, to be. And, and and I think that brought a lot of energy to the space, to to the space, to the area. Uh, it just felt alive. Uh, one more building, one more picture. I think after that is the, and that's in 2013, we renovated the building, uh, 13, 14, and we moved the entrance to the side. We had a side yard and we did performances out there. And, and then in 2015, we sold <laughs> and moved to Little Haiti where we are now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so does anyone have any questions that from the audience? I'll repeat the question too. So yeah, exactly. Podcast. Any questions? And we have Barbara Young here, who is from the Vasari been... Project, yes, which is has much more information about the. I was saying earlier that yeah. Barbara is also kind of like our fact checker back there. I'm always looking at her oh, yes. for her yes. eyeglass. It's like, nope, incorrect. <laughs> but that's me. All right, Brooke. Thank you so much. Thank this was you. great. This so was nice great. to go through this. I appreciate your time. All right. All right. No worries. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye bye.